0: Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twitch. Bandwidth for Twitch is provided by CashFly at C A C H E F L Y dot com. This is Twitch, this week in Computer Hardware, episode 120, recorded May 19th, 2011. Intel wants to crush ARM episode of twitch is brought to you by netflix watch thousands of tv episodes and movies streamed to your pc mac or tv instantly plus get dvds by mail in about one business day for your free 30-day trial go to netflix.com twitch afternoon ladies and gentlemen welcome to twitch this week in computer hardware i'm patrick norton and welcome to episode 120 my partner in crime or my usual partner crime ryan shroud is in i believe dubai Definitely the United Arab Emirates, where it is apparently hot and in the Internet connectivity or connectivity, as most people say it, is atrocious. So he's not going to be able to join us today. Sorry, I just saw something spazzing out on the uh, TriCaster live feed monitor over there on the left. So, uh, unfortunately, all of my usual co-roads for something like this are traveling in various places and cannot get to the Internet. Either that I've ticked off everybody I know, which is also a possibility. So we're going to talk about... Uh, go through some news, get in some questions. And uh, I've also had oral surgery today. So, uh, probably going to be one of the shorter, uh, this week in computer hardware as we get. So Intel system on a chip is uh, the big subject of their 2011 investor meeting. Um, and actually revealing the, uh, 14 nanometer airmont I was reading a Nantex article on this. Um, basically, 517 uh, 2011. So Tuesday this week, Intel held their annual, lust- in annual investors meeting at their Santa Clara headquarters. Um, which, of course, is a big deal because Intel's a huge company. Um, but one of the things that uh, Nantek pointed out was system-on-a-chip was the big focus of the architecture group. Why? Because Intel desperately, utterly, and totally wants to be the platform of choice in terms of hardware for, uh, if not cell phones, and at least tablets. It's been an interesting uh, watching what's going on. Windows 8, actually, they did it, a big announcement this week. Uh, or I should say uh Intel did a big leak this week regarding Windows eight, basically saying that Windows eight is going to have two rather distinct flavors, an arm version that will uh, not be encumbered by legacy uh, applications or data, which is to say a very mobile version of Windows 8, a very tablets, you know, basically a a a tablet screen friendly version of Windows 8, which is good because I find Windows 7 on a tablet really frustrating. Uh and a a mainstream version of Windows 8 that's going to run on your traditional uh, Intel and AMD architecture. Um, so basically the 32 nanometer Medfield Atom is due this year, but the big deal was actually uh, taking a look, not so much at the current power consumption, but the system on a chip ecosystem for devices in the continuum. Um, so the system on a chip chassis looking at handheld tablets, micro servers, uh, basically a lot of embedded devices, and that they're going to be accelerating the Atom system on a chip roadmap. Twenty-two nanometers for Silvermont in 2013, and 14 nanometers for Airmont in 2014. That's a big jump. They're going from Bonnell running at 45 nanometers to Saltwell. For 32 nanometers in uh, 2011, 2012. Um, so basically, literally, right about the time they hit 14 nanometers for the main core desktops, right? The the uh, Sandy the Sandy Bridge, Bridge follow up stuff. Uh, they have to say even the Ivy Bridge follow up stuff. They're going to be hitting uh, the Atom is going to be hitting the 14 nanometer process at the same time as they do the core uh, processors. That's a big step. That's a big acceleration for Intel. So. If you're looking to see whether or not Intel's going to show up on portable devices I'll tell you what Intel's working very hard to make that happen speaking of something I'm looking forward to seeing um, family data plans possibly coming from Verizon right these days nobody really thinks about minutes uh, you either have like seven thousand minutes and you burn through like six thousand of them a month and the other thousand are rollover minutes like um, my, we have a family p- plan on AT&T, my wife and I share. People are pretty much used to that, right? It makes it super affordable to have cell phones for everybody in the house. Um, CFO from Verizon, Fran Shamo, told Reuters Global Technology Summit, I think it's safe to assume that at some point you're going to have mega plans for data and that people are going to share that mega plan based on the number of devices within the family. That's just a logical progression unfortunately they didn't tell us when these mega plans were data were going to show up but they were pretty adamant that they want to do more unlimited data uh primarily on cell phones i'm assuming they're not going to want to make it really easy for me to jump ship uh from my i can never hit the cap on my sprint 4g device to i can hit the cap in a few hours on a uh, verizon 4g lte modem and verizon announced they've got 4g lte and uh a whole bunch more cities, Mobile and Montgomery, Alabama, Greater Fairfield, and New Haven, Connecticut, Gainesville, Pensacola, Tallahassee, Florida, Fayetteville, Lumberton, North Carolina, Lumberton is a fun name to say, and Bryan College Station in Temple Killeen, Texas. Um, The Big thing there, though, is is that uh, Verizon also said that they're expanding the footprint in Atlanta, Chicago, Denver, New Orleans, and Philadelphia. But the really big thing is the CTO from Verizon, David Small, flat out said that they want to have 4G LTE in the entire 3G coverage area by the end of 2013. That's a pretty big announcement to drop in a press release. And before everybody in central Utah or southern Utah gets excited, uh, I'm pretty sure you guys don't have 3G horizon currently but if you do good news you're going to get 4g by the end of 2013 that's pretty cool to watch 4g accelerate pretty quickly PC product has interesting stories uh intel core i799x 7 gulftown processor and and the dx58so2 motherboard uh ryan shroud actually wrote this one we're looking at like a six core intel cpu i quote with all the news and the excitement about sandy bridge platform and processors from Intel since their launch in January. It's easier to overlook than the Halem architecture that continues to sell and be integrated into the fastest consumer PCs available. Remember the Halem and its three-digit model numbers? You really have to stretch that memory as it was before the CPU-GPU combo of Sandy Bridge and even before the Clarksdale Linfield processors that began the move towards lower-cost dual-channel memory-based processors. So it's interesting. Right? Ryan's like, hey, look, we're taking a step back in time to review the Core i7-990X and the upgraded X58 motherboard from Intel. That Again, they did the DX58SO2. So it's a Gulftown 6-core processor um, that, I quote, in many cases becomes the fastest consumer processor on the market and the flagship CPU for the Halem and the Extreme Edition suffix. So if you've got the $1,000 to drop on your CPU, this may be the CPU for you, the 90, 90X. Um, and it's kind of funny, right? Older architecture, we always assume the older architecture is slower. Not really. Um, at least if you, A, have a lot of money, and, B, have highly threaded applications because you've got six cores, they hyper-thread into 12 threads. Um, so like uh, Handbrake, Point of View Ray, where basically uh, it's crushing the uh, Core i7-980X. So the other thing that uh, Ryan pointed out, in areas where single-threaded or dual-threaded application or performance is most important, the Core i7-2600K came out ahead in their testing. It says, take a look at the lame MP3 encoder results, the Microsoft image compositing engine, or even the single-threaded results of Euler 3D Cinebench and more. Basically, in single or dual-threaded applications, the cheaper Sandy Bridge processors are... Carrying the flag, the banner, the ass-kicking, the number one ranking. But if you're looking for massively multi-threaded applications, definitely, and you have deep, deep pockets, the uh, 990X is something to consider. Another one out there, uh, Inside Hardware had a pretty interesting review. They posted this one up on uh, PCPer.com. The Sapphire Edge Mini PC. So $450. You're going to get a dual-core Atom D510 that's uh, running at 1.66 gigahertz uh, ION2 graphics. And basically, this is a net top, right? What's that? It's a netbook without a monitor. So in theory, it should be cheap, $450. That's kind of cheap. That's like a netbook without the monitor and the keyboard. Um, 250 gigabytes of storage is not a lot. So you're probably going to want to be streaming stuff over to this device. Uh, I would say cloud services, but I believe David Pogue declared calling things on the cloud illegal for analysts of taste and style, we have to say on the internet, um, but uh, it's uh, inside hardware's testing. Says uh, <laughs> you basically have a decent amount of power. The the quote there was a dual core CPU that won't be stricken down by several programs running at the same time. GeForce that chews on any video that you put in front of it. Sufficient RAM to make Windows Seven jump around. Complete support for all types of video and audio formats and subtitles, and all this for the price of a good Blu-ray player what else could you wish for well if ryan were here i think he'd probably say gaming graphics but uh we can only only ask so much so yeah the uh chat room yeah they're pretty much identical same stepping the chat room is noticing about the uh the 980x and the 990x <laughs> and uh lobster everybody wanted to go home at this point so let's talk about uh uh let's take a moment uh Uh, Let's take a moment to talk about what else is going on this week. Um, I actually have been uh, obsessed with USB power. Uh, You guys have known this. We've talked about this with Ryan on the show several times. USB power for the iPad 2, which became kind of interesting when I was using uh, the uh, iPad as all the navigation and entertainment on a recent road trip, right? Because the problem is if you've got integrated USB in a vehicle, or a head unit in the dashboard. Most likely, they're running five hundred milliamps of power over that. So uh, I got to say, we got some stuff we're playing around with uh, on Texilla, and we'll talk about it here on uh, on uh, Twitch when we get a chance to. But creating basically massive battery power supplies that'll run two amps over a USB adapter. It's interesting when you start looking at stepping regulators versus more traditional regulators that blow a lot of heat through because uh, I'm really interested in not lighting my truck, my bag, or my iPad on fire because the, regular, the voltage regulator I'm using is, uh, uh, is running too hot. So if you have any questions about USB and battery power, let me know. So we'll play around with those in the next couple weeks. So <laughs> Thunderbolt, Enzo's got a really good question. Um, I saw this on, uh, let's see if I can get it to come up on extremetech, um, dot com. It should be coming up. A lot of people are saying that Thunderbolt is dead in the water. That's kind of the USB 3.0 substitute. It first came out on the MacBook Pros, uh, the latest edition of the MacBook Pros, where essentially it's, it's one bus to rule them all and in the darkness bind them. Um, and the idea that you're basically running your video services and all of your, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's your VGA, it's your DVI, it's your, you know, insert HDMI. It's basically everything's going to be running over Thunderbolt. And Sebastian Anthony over at extremetech.com was writing about this, um, to do so light peak could even piggyback on top of usb cables providing socket backwards compatibility Intel said 10 gigabits per second was just the beginning 100 gigabits per second would be possible you know light problem with light pick is it was originally based on optical switching so uh they came up with intel came up with thunderbolt which is a copper basically a, an Ethernet a copper wire version of light peak um and Sebastian says, just like Firewire, though, Thunderbolt is off to a slow start, even in its non-optical crippled copper state. Thunderbolt is prohibitively expensive. USB 3.0 controllers cost just a few dollars, while Thunderbolt hardware, we've been told, costs no less than $90. Matrox's new, new line of Thunderbolt-enabled products are 200 to $300 more than the eSATA or USB equivalent. As a result, and Firewire had the same problem, we will only see Thunderbolt-enabled devices where the price of the controller can be transparently absorbed by a high list price, video cameras, high-end audio gear, and so on. And I just watched the chat room explode a little bit on this one. Um, yeah, three-party hardware partners lack there of for Thunderbolt says Fu shiggy. And I got to say, um, one of the really peculiar things about watching USB rollout is there were somewhere between six and 10 million PCs, uh, with USB on the motherboard. There was elemental support for USB hardware inside of windows. And I'm going back to like 1997. And then the candy colored iMacs came out and Apple, um, basically launch these this this crazy new device this peculiar looking machine this giant gumdrop with a monitor built into it and at this time they did that they had worked very heavily with a number of i want to say uh canon probably being the printer uh, provider and you know they created they started looking at uh, devices and they they came up with hardware partners to launch with them and all of a sudden the pc people like myself started looking around and going like whoa hey somebody's got something I can plug into those delete explosive USB ports on the back of my PC. And literally like, you know, around, you know, 98, 99, all of a sudden USB peripherals became incredibly popular. So, uh, web 4407 says Thunderbolt is the USB killer. E, maybe, um, you know, yeah. And Enzo people like simplicity. So why wouldn't Thunderbolt rule over the USB partially because there's so many people out there with so much legacy hardware. And, and one of the interesting things about Apple is they're always willing to draw a line in the sand. Like every three years, OS 10 draws a line in the sand and everything older than that gets trashed. It, it gets, I shouldn't say trashed. It gets left behind and the new operating system is not going to run on it. Um, so, you know, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting idea. I wouldn't get too obsessed with the idea that Thunderbolt $90 uh, because it's $90 right now. Intel, has a lot of money. They have a lot of money sitting in their their war chest. If Intel wants to figure out a way to make Thunderbolt considerably more affordable, they will either by subsidizing it or creating cheaper options or figuring out ways to uh, uh, bring the price down. The bigger issue is the fact that okay, Thunderbolt, I'm going to connect my monitor to it, not without an adapter, which is something the the MacBook Pro owners are used to. Thunderbolt, I'm going to connect my hard drive to it. Well. If you've got one of the cool Seagate external drives where you can pop on a, an adapter for that, great. Um, but for most people, there's a big advantage of USB 2.0, and or I should say USB 3.0, because it's essentially backwards compatible with USB 2.0 devices. <laughs> Web 4407, always a bunch of jealous Apple haters in the chat room. Uh, live.twit.tv is uh Uh, I thought uh, (laughs) live.twit.tv is the chat room. It always gets a little amusing in there. Good sound. I thought Epson was the first USB printer. They may have been, but the first one I saw personally, I'm pretty sure, was a Canon. Um, Yeah, Web 4407, Thunderbolt replaces USB and PCI. The problem is is, is you really need the entire industry, which means all of the Windows hardware, uh, the Windows PC hardware, to kind of switch over to really bring the giant motivation behind that, and I think what's going to have, uh, I think what's going to actually make that happen, again, is Intel figuring out a way to to offer those chips at a reduced price. You know, on the flip side, you could say Intel's really smart. They're taking this high-end, sophisticated, bleeding-edge piece of hardware, and they're Introducing it in some very expensive notebooks where a people won 't notice the price so much, and b you know people who buy twenty five hundred three thousand dollar notebooks maxed out with an unbelievable amount of memory and an expensive CPU are also probably desperate for the best possible performance they can get. Um, running to their hard drives or external peripherals. And by the way, if you're a MacBook Pro owner or a MacBook owner, you're probably used to using some weird little dongle to attach your monitor to your notebook already. So buying another Thunderbolt one is just another 30 bucks down the hole. So <laughs> Thunderbolt is a 2.2-mile 14-turn race racetrack in South New Jersey, says Radio. That's got to be uh, an interesting one to see. Web9026, is Thunderbolt overkill? Do we really need it? I think almost everybody would like considerably simpler collection of interfaces on the back of their machine. And generally speaking, as we start moving hard drives towards, uh, you know, SSDs in theory, right? That's, that's where we're all going to go. Everybody's going to have a three terabyte cheap SSD drive. Eventually. Um, Then you definitely want all of the bandwidth you can have and you want to minimize the, uh, the jump on there. So it's an interesting article if you want to check it out. I left lots of details. You can check out yourself. Why Thunderbolt is Dead in the Water by Sebastian Anthony up on extremetech.com. i got to take a moment to thank our sponsor. This episode of Twitch, This Week in Computer Hardware, is brought to you by Netflix, which is a staple. It is insanely popular in my house. My son, who is like three, three and a half, knows how to operate Netflix. My wife uh, has been consuming episode after episode of Bones. Uh, I occasionally duck into Major Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer binges uh and because I have Netflix running on my Apple TV uh, and my Blu-ray player, I actually don't have to get up off the couch. And uh, several other devices in my home, I don't have to get up off the couch to actually access those. Uh, Nihau Kai is one of my son's favorite cartoons. The Iron Giant, Netflix has definitely saved and my wife and I a fortune on toddler-friendly entertainment because it's in there. Netflix delivers movies directly to your home over the Internet. You may have heard of it. If not, I suggest you check it out. You can instantly watch thousands of TV episodes and movies. The stream directly to your PC or Mac. Or you can stream it to your TV via a Netflix-ready device, including the Xbox 360, the PS3, the Nintendo Wii, the Apple TV, the Roku box. There's so many of them out there. And you know what? Netflix still delivers DVDs and Blu-rays in about a single business day. Nice thing, though, if you have Netflix streaming in your house, you can watch as many movies as you want any time you want for a simple, cheap, flat monthly fee. And there are never any late fees, and there are no due dates, which I like very, very much. By the way, if you haven't heard... This week, uh, Netflix announced that Miramax, they basically written a huge deal with Miramax. Miramax has recently spun off from Disney, and their first digital deal is with Netflix. And so an unbelievable catalog of amazing movies is going to be showing up on Netflix in June. So I'm going to take our Netflix streaming pick of the week. It's not one of those movies because they're not going to be available for a few weeks yet. But I'm going to pick uh, Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring while everybody's waiting for the extended edition Blu-rays to ship, which I'm pretty sure they haven't shipped yet. Uh, If you don't know about Lord of the Rings, it's about the fellowship of the rings is about like a hobbit and a dwarf and some humans and an elf and a wizard who may be sort of a demigod and they're going to go find the ring. Actually they found the ring. They're going to take the ring back to, if you don't know this story um, you're probably not a full on geek and a normal human being. I respect that. Uh, and you're probably living under a rock for most of the last decade. Elijah Wood, uh, Sean Astin, Ian Holm, Orlando Bloom, Kate Blanchett. Uh, Viggo Mortensen, an unbelievable cast, magnificently directed and produced uh, by Peter Jackson, who also did some spectacular, spectacular, spectacular special effects for this movie. Um, If you haven't seen Lord of the Rings and you don't feel like crawling out to a video store, and you haven't checked out netflix.com, or you know what, if, 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 if you haven't checked out netflix.com, period, look, you can instantly watch Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, and thousands of other titles, television and movies. Um, it's an amazing collection, and you can do it for free with a trial membership. You can get one at netflix.com slash twit. Please do me a favor. If you get a chance, to check out uh, Netflix at netflix.com slash twit. We thanks Netflix for their support of all of the twit programming. So <laughs> GL disaster. They'd have to be living under a rock for much more than a decade to not know about Lord of the Rings. Well a good point, right? The the books are pretty old. And I, for one, am actually seriously looking forward to the Hobbit. So uh Lord of the Rings on Netflix is in HD Patrick, you know, I don't remember because I have everything scaling up on this crazy projector in my living room, which uh by the way People ask us all the time, refurbished projects, uh, do we buy refurbished products? Uh, yes, actually, we do. Um, my notebook, my uh, uh, 1080p projector, which I got for 650 bucks off of Woot, uh, are both, and uh, many other products in my house are refurbished. So we're going to fire up a question from Kevin in New York. He says, I have a Dell Latitude C600 laptop computer, which is so old school. It's got a Pentium 3 processor, a 40 gigabyte hard drive, 256 megabytes of RAM. He wonders, would it be worthwhile to max out the RAM? I found two 256 megabytes of RAM on eBay for 20 bucks. I use the computer for mainly typing and some internet use, email and web surfing. I'm using X Ubuntu on the computer. I was also wondering if it would be worthwhile to upgrade the RAM on a 7-year-old HP computer to the max. It's currently running Windows XP Home with a 160-gigabyte hard drive, 512 megabytes of RAM. Kevin, in New York, you must be the most patient human being on the planet, uh, or you must never shut that machine down. I was also thinking of reinstalling Windows XP Home onto a new hard drive. I have a problem, though. I don't have a copy of the OS. All I have is the recovery disk that I made when I got the computer Love listening to your show. I've been listening for about a year now. Thank you so much, Kevin. Um, man, I, I gotta say, uh, a Pentium three, uh, you know, a seven-year-old HP, um, either one of those will happily XP, especially will happily suck down every bit of memory you throw at it. And you know, there's there's kind of a a lump in the snake when you're buying memory. There's kind of bleeding edge memory that's brand new and it's incredibly uh, expensive. So maybe there's two lumps in the snake. And then there's the the standard stuff that everybody's uh, producing in volume in, in PCs, Windows machines, Macs, whatever. And that tends to be super cheap. I mean, we were talking about buying like four gigabytes of RAM for 50, I think, uh, 50 bucks last week. And then there's stuff that's a few years old where it's not particularly popular. It's not being produced in massive volumes. And that stuff starts to get really expensive again, especially if you try to buy it new. And then there's stuff that's like seven or eight years old that if you can find it, which Kevin from New York's doing a good job of doing, suddenly gets super cheap again. Um, yeah, I got to say uh, uh, for an older PCs, maxing out memory is one of the fastest things you can do to upgrade performance. I'm also going to say that, you know, if you have the original hard drive and that seven-year-old HP, um, I would definitely, definitely, definitely upgrade to a new hard drive. Um, you know, I remember several years ago, back about the time when, when this computer was new, we looked at going, you know, serious hardware, a serious hard drive upgrade could easily give you like a 15, 20% boost in performance. Um, and the same, for uh maxing out the ram on a machine 512 megabytes of ram is very little memory to be running uh xp on so i'm going to say uh yes to both of those they're not going to it's not going to be like running a, a core i5 or even a core i3 or probably it's interesting i'm wondering how to have an atom cpu like a single core atom would compare to a Pentium 3 but they will give you a healthy boost over the hardware you are running right now so i'm going to say thumbs up to that the easiest way to uh migrates, uh, you know, one, you can always try running the recovery disc on the new hard drive on that HP if you upgrade the hard drive, but you can also image the hard drive. Um, there are lots of applications out there for drive imaging. Um, Acronix is one, um, It's funny, I have like three applications I use constantly for drive imaging and I just kind of run them in in idiot savant mode, (laughs) which means I, I of course, can't think of the name and they're all free. Uh, Chronos True Image would be one of them. They do a free version of that. Um, Clonezilla would be another one. And I'm trying to remember one other title uh, that Roger really likes, Macrium. Uh, Macrium has a Macrium Reflect Free, which is also super free. Clonezilla.org is a really good one. Um, and, uh, Acronis is a really nice application. They're all free. they all have free versions of those. And you could basically clone your existing installation onto the new drive, test it out, see if it works, save the old hard drive in case it doesn't work out. And Hey, you know, just for fun, pull out the old hard drive, install the new hard drive and, uh, see whether or not, uh, see whether or not you can actually get that recovery disc to work. (laughs) It's kind of funny, uh. There's no Pentium 3 that came with SATA. That is actually absolutely true, Thordroon. But, you know, if the man's tracking down uh, 256 megabyte RAM sticks on eBay, I'm pretty sure he can find an old uh, uh, ATA drive on that one. I got to say, uh, it's kind of funny. Like, yeah, Dan he's like, good luck finding a better hard drive. Well, dude. Here's the thing: the guy's running a you know five year old, six year old, 160 gigabyte hard drive. He picks up a 500 gigabyte, uh, 7200 rpm hard drive. That's that's maybe a couple years old design, running uh, running uh, 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 IDE. He's going to be happy. And they're still stocking, you know, big businesses, huge companies still have thousands, actually, I should say, millions upon millions upon tens of millions of EIDE drives out there installed, and they need a supply of those to upgrade them. So they'll still be available. Yeah, Clonezilla, Ghost. Uh, <laughs> easiest disk copy is another good one for uh, cloning over. Yeah, last time I checked on Newegg, Thorndune says IDE laptop drives are roughly twice as expensive as an equivalent SATA drive. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes you just try things out. So we'll see how that goes on that one. Um, but, yeah, i got to say, Kevin, also, you get these sort of reduce, reuse, recycle awards for maximizing hardware life because about the most I've ever gotten out of a machine is about five years before it's, I find it irresistible to upgrade. Fun question from Anthony. He's got a tablet question. He says, hello, Twitch crew. I'm an engineering student transferring to Virginia Tech in the fall. They require, brace yourselves, all engineering students to purchase a tablet PC meeting their requirements. If you want to follow along at home, it's eng.vt.edu slash IT slash requirements. And they're looking for uh, Core i5 or Intel Core i7. They've got a list of CPUs, platform, tablet PC, convertible, OS, Windows 7 Professional, 64-bit version, PC processor. They have an approved list of processors and computers, 4 gigabytes of RAM, a 320-gigabyte or larger hard disk drive. Okay, I want to see somebody find me a Core i7 with a 320-gigabyte hard drive. DVD Plus R, USB 2.0, 802.11 AGN, uh, Gigabit Ethernet, printer, any Windows-compatible inkjet or laser printer. Apparently, we do not need the latest specs on that. Warranty three-year on-site with accidental damage coverage. They recommend four years, probably to get you through school before you start paying off your student loans, and a USB external hard drive of one terabyte or more for external backup. Yes, I love it when they push the external backup. The four recommended models Virginia Tech gives are the Fujitsu T731, the Fujitsu T901, the HP2760P, and the Lenovo ThinkPad X220T. Out of those options, which is best, I'm partial to the ThinkPad because of the Wacom Digitizer tech, and I love the old-school ThinkPad design that hasn't changed in 20 years. He says, why improve on perfection? A friend also let me try their X200T last year's model, and I liked it a lot more than the Vio I currently run. Should I trust my gut? The X220T is the least expensive tablet they have, even with all the high end options. Would I be missing out on anything besides dedicated graphics and an optical drive if I go with a Lenovo over the HP or Fujitsu's? Jitsus? Thank you, Anthony, AKA Strausberg, in chat <laughs> sent from my tablet device or iPad. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. I reviewed the, uh, ThinkPad X1 this week on, uh, Techzilla and, uh, Okay. The battery life didn't live up to the expectations. Uh, uh, they, they predicted five hours. I've seen three and a half, maybe four, if I keep things light. Um, but it was interesting because one, I always think of, uh, you know, ThinkPads, IBM, and then Lenovo continued the tradition of having kick-ass keyboards and the X1, they went with a chiclet keyboard to help it keep thinner, but it was, it was one of the most fantastic chiclet keyboards I've ever felt. Um, you know, they do the nice rubberized exterior, which makes it harder to drop it, and uh, the build quality remains super solid. Thinkpads are essentially a business notebook that's designed to be rolled out across thousands of seats in giant enterprises, and basically Lenovo doesn't want people calling up Go my, you know, and saying, my stuff broke. And not to take anything away from uh, uh, Fujitsu on their Lifebook uh, T901 or the HPs, but I, I gotta go with you, man. I'm I'm with you on the uh, I'm with you on the ThinkPad X two twenty. Ryan Schroud, who again is somewhere in uh, uh Dubai or the United Arab Emirates, uh is ninety-nine percent out of a thousand carrying an IBM ThinkPad excuse me, an IBM ThinkPad. Sorry, Lenovo, a Lenovo ThinkPad right now. Um and you know, he's about to buy a new one. He's I was I was teasing him last week that I was gonna tell him all about the uh all about the ThinkPad this week. Um, I'm a pretty big fan of ThinkPads. Um, you know, the I think the T901 from the Fujitsu has uh, Intel HD 3000 integrated graphics. So that's like base settings, World of Warcraft for gaming. Um, but I think they've got, looks like it's an NVIDIA NVS 4200M GPU that's going to be available later this summer. You know, I got to be honest with you. I think gaming on laptops is an exercise in spending money. And if you've got the money, by all means, buy a gaming laptop for the rest of us, you know, save up your pennies, build a kick-ass gaming PC that you can upgrade as new parts come out and buy an inexpensive bomb-proof tablet. So, See if anybody in the chat room is freaking out. Uh, Mac pros have their place, but are over engineered for the limited life they have in the real world. <laughs> Tunes 1999. I know some people who will argue with you on that one. Enzo says, wait for a Chromebook. Uh, I'm pretty sure Virginia Tech will give you a giant. I think Virginia Tech's probably okay with a Chromebook as a secondary one. Lobster wishes Wacom would release their own version of an Android tablet with their digitizer technology on it. And do, 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 do. So, anybody? Anybody hate the ThinkPad tablets? Lenovo's are like a 57 Chevy, not wow, new user, but our workhorses. So yeah, look, I got to say, uh, I think, uh, I'm going to go with the X220T. I say, go for that one. Anthony staggered six sent me a tweet earlier today. Does anyone know of laptop LCD panel supplier that has good prices and acceptable shipping times pound bliss computers is horrible at Patrick Norton. Um, well, I'm not familiar with Bliss Computers. Um, everybody who reviewed them, I, ch- I checked some uh, vendor review sites on the web, and people pretty much gave me either five stars or one star, um, which is not entirely unusual because replacement LCDs are enormously difficult, at least once you get out of sort of the Apple MacBook, MacBook Pro territory. And... uh The interesting thing about, you know, you know, like, why are there so many iPod accessories? It's like, well, because they have this huge volume and everybody knows if they make a widget that fits an iPod, there's a potentially huge number of customers for that widget. Okay, so there aren't that many notebooks from Apple. Why are there so many replacement parts? You know, ifixit.com would be one of them. They're, They're not just Apple only, but, you know, it's... It's kind of funny because they so rarely, they they, they kind of take their time updating the designs and there's obviously a rabid user base. And there's what people perceive, whether it's real or not, is a, is a, a very high upfront cost so that people are going to keep them running for a longer period of time. The problem with uh, stocking replacement laptop screens is there's so many possibilities and there's so many variations out there. Um, more often than not, uh, you find that you are buying recycled parts, which isn't a bad thing, right? Anything that keeps parts out of the landfill is good, um, but it's you know your recycled part plus your notebook plus whether or not uh, you damaged anything in the, in the uh, chipset on your notebook or you know, those horrible little ribbon cables that go from the motherboard and the base of your notebook underneath the keyboard through the hinge and up into the monitor. Um, LCD f- uh, flat panel suppliers are really tough. I will say, though, uh, if anybody has a viewer suggestion for a place to buy replacement flat panels, definitely email it to us or anybody out there. Uh, Anybody in the chat room? No suggestions from the chat room on that one. Definitely email us, twitch at twit.tv. i got to be honest with you. um, I have had almost no luck replacing flat panels and anything other than like a MacBook. Not because it's, it, it, well, it's a pain, right? There's lots of screws and lots of tiny connectors, but the the actual real problem for me has always been tracking down a functioning uh, monitor. And I got to say, or a functioning LCD that I can swap into the broken device. And I got to say, don't hold your breath if the if the computer's damaged so much that you can't boot it with an extra monitor plugged into that notebook you are probably, you know, rolling the dice about whether or not you are going to be able to get it running, even if you spend a couple hundred bucks on a replacement uh, LCD for the for the broken monitor. Um, just saying, you know, if you plug a monitor into it and it won't start, um, don't assume that replacing the broken uh, flat panel will actually make things all better on that one. Michael's got a question about HDMI versus DVI. He writes in, most of the time you guys talk about the NVIDIA 580 or 560 and do not mention the 570 very much. Is this card not that good or is it just the other cards are better? I think it's mostly uh, uh, based on about what Ryan's been reviewing lately at PCPer.com. Michael also adds, he goes, I have two PNY GeForce 570 GTXs, uh, 1.2 gigabytes running in SLI mode. Would it be better to use the HDMI output from this to my monitor? Uh, Because, you know, his ViewSonic uh, 27-inch widescreen LCD has built-in speakers or use the DVI output. He says, I'm not much of an audiophile. The sound card I have is the Supreme FX2 audio card, ADI 1988B High Def. It came with my motherboard. He's got an Asus Striker 2 Formula NVIDIA 4780i SLI socket 775. Never had any issues, but I get a performance decrease using the HDMI output since the GPU will be doing the sound. Or does the GPU even have sound on it, or does it use the sound card and then run it through the GPU? Oh, boy. Um, so HDMI is an interesting beast because um, it's not just video, but it's video and audio, and it can actually do control signals on there if all of your hardware is compatible. Um, it's kind of funny. We had a, a big sort of HDMI explainer uh, when we we're talking about you know HDMI versus uh, uh, sound card for for overall audio quality. And I would say uh, on, on Texila this week we we're talking about that. Um, or I should say the Texila comes out uh, first next week. And I got to say, um, if your system's working, don't fix it. You're not going to see your frame rate is 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 set by the the, uh, native frame rate of the flat panel, right? It's, it's not going to, you're not going to go from, you know, HDMI to DVI and be like, Oh my goodness, I'm getting 120. No, uh, frames per second on the monitor. You're not, it's basically a fixed frame rate. And, uh, you know, if your audio is running and you are happy and the sound sounds good to you, don't fix it. If you want to play around and experiment and see if you can get some better audio, um, running, uh, you know, an analog connection from your Supreme FX2 audio card to the speakers in your monitor, um, go for it. You know, personally, I think your your best audios. you know, you're not going to really, I don't think you're going to see any difference in the video. You may see a, a, a vast audio improvement if you buy a nice set of external speakers with a subwoofer, a 2.1 system, or if you want to get fancy with a 5.1 surround sound system. That's going to be a huge improvement over the speaker's, that are bundled inside of your monitor Uh, and, but that really has nothing to do whether you're using analog audio or, or, or HDMI digital audio or analog, or it's basically all about getting better transducers that are pushing the air that is hitting your ears rather than the little tiny ones. And, you know, and, and I got to say, you know, I love a lot of of flat panel vendors out there, HDTV vendors, but I've I've yet to see a set of speakers in an HDTV that wouldn't get the snot kicked out of them by my home theater speakers, uh, even the cheap ones. So, Michael, I hope that helps your question a little bit on that one. And did we have any last minute <laughs> questions in the chat room? And let me check the Twitter really quickly. Um, We do have some excitement about uh, ThinkPad hardware on there. Um, All right. I think we're pretty good on questions. Any last questions from the chat room? Anybody out there in the live.twit.tv slash chats? Um, ninety. He reads my 90 gigabytes of music as a single playlist and tries to analyze to remove gaps. Do you know what happens when a PC tries to analyze 90 gigabytes of music? Yeah, you suck up most of your processor for a few hours. Um, doo-doo-doo. I'd love to buy the new MacBook Air. When is it coming out? There is no solid dates on the new MacBook Air release dates. Um, we're kind of wondering if they're going to announce any new hardware. Supposedly they're doing a huge rollout at the Apple Store's Uh, Thursday today is the 10th anniversary of the Apple retail stores and apparently there are lots of secret boxes and like a Saturday or Friday night overnight shift to install new hardware and the visual merchandising folks are going to be, uh, uh, dumping out, uh, new stuff. And what a lot of people are saying is they're getting rid of all of these static merchandising, i.e. these signs that are above the iPods and the notebooks and the desktops and replacing those with iPads or other interactive devices. Um, (laughs) Chrome says how much would an ATA DVD drive cost? The last one I saw for sale was like fifteen or twenty bucks. Um they are super super cheap. Yeah. NGT flyer shouldn't be more than 30 bucks for an ATA burner. Uh and and if you can find a, a Goodwill or something that does uh, computer salvage, you can probably pick it up for like five bucks. Um let's see. Do, 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 do. will Chromebooks dominate the school and college scene by twenty fourteen. Enzo uh Yes, if Google decides to buy every high school and elementary school student in North America a Chromebook, um, Chromebooks are kind of expensive for what you're getting. Um, I think it's an interesting idea right' you're, you know the, the browser is the operating system is the application interface is the experience you uh, you know they, they're saying like a sub eight second boot. The majority of your stuff is like 16 gigabytes of storage local on the machine. everything else lives out on uh, the internet. Since Mr. Pogue has, has said we cannot say cloud, um, but one, you know, it's 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 not the industry standard kind of Microsoft applications. It's not standard open source applications, uh, and and most schools don't have the budget to keep their Mac or or Windows hardware up to date and running. So the idea that uh, everybody's going to be suddenly, you know, turning their high schools over to Chromebooks by 2014. You know, I mean, Google, they've got a lot of money, so maybe they will buy every high school student in North America a Chromebook, but I'm not betting uh, money on that one. Caffeine-free day. what is a great high-capacity MP3 player that isn't dependent on a pay web page? Um, you know, the students are selling really cheap these days. Um, <laughs> there's uh, some obscure brands, but i got to say, I've I, I pretty much been sticking with the iPods. Um, the hardware is good. Uh, there's lots of software out there that allows you to avoid iTunes. If you don't want to deal with iTunes and, uh, there are lots and lots of hacks and accessories and they're going to work with car stereos and stuff. Android Bruce, Patrick, how do you like the Sennheiser HD 555 Sennheiser makes some really, really good headphones. Um, the, uh, I cannot remember. There's something about the HD 555. So I got to look up the product on that one to remember what it is. Cause the internets, uh, are almost as slow as my brain. And I'm also, uh, uh, there they are 8555. Oh yeah, they're nice. They're open backed, which means, uh, if you're using them in an office, um, you will be irritating everybody around you, uh, unless you're in sort of a walled cube where there's a lot of background noise. They're like 130 bucks, like 85 bucks on Amazon. Um, they're a pretty solid headphones. They're a pretty solid headphone uh, and eligible for free shipping with Amazon Prime. If you're looking for, for your entry-level uh, audiophile headphone, that's not a bad choice. Uh, my personal favorite is still uh, the Grado SR60s, I think, for an open-backed headphone that's audiophile, entry-level, and, and can easily be powered by your portable device, your cell phone. Uh, uh, the the Grado SR60 is still my favorite. Um, the AC555, that's actually a really, really solid headphone. And there's something let me just check the uh let me just check the uh ohm rating on that one. do do, 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 do. open air, snarl microphone, 112 decibels max sound pressure level, which is great. You can damage your ears. Nominal impedance fifty uh fifty ohms, you will be good with a uh with an iPod to power those. Yeah, no, I'm 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 good with the HC 555s One of the guys I work with has them that's a nice solid sounding headphones. Whatever happened to HD Base T for monitor connection? Good sound. It's still floating around there. It's just not super popular. Uh, Web 1412 is the Z68, the chipset to get. Uh, I think at the high end, if you want Sandy Bridge, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff going on there. MacBook Air before Worldwide Developers Conference. Maybe it's going to be part of that announcement that goes in the retail stores this weekend, but I'm not holding my breath. Um. <laughs> NGT flyer 90 gigabytes of audio doesn't take that long to chew through though on decent hardware but not in itunes um uh, that's pretty funny um do, 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 do. i gave up on chrome today says data and bookmark management sucked too much um i actually chrome is my primary browser although i've started working with firefox again since the latest uh uh version so Dr. Wiggs Danny Boy, Patrick, Super DVD 999 is a good LCD supplier on eBay. Thanks for the heads up on that one. Uh, Enzo, give us a prediction, Patrick. Will Chromebooks rule in schools and colleges by 2014? No, <laughs> not even close. Um, Patterson, Store 2.0, someplace said, is the big Apple announcements. I agree uh patrick are you more excited for the z68 or the x78 chipset right now i'm super excited about the z68 uh i don't know enough about the x78 to be excited about it yet but i'm not going to upgrade anything on my desktop pc at home other than maybe the hard drive to a larger ssd for at least uh well between now and christmas i'm i'm holding tight no i take that back actually i'm desperate for a new gpu I, i need a new video card on my uh on my uh, machine at home, because I want to have more fun with Portal 2. Um, I think it's Portal 2. Chrome OS is DOA, Species8472 says, I would not bet money on that one. And finally, I have a question. Trying to connect an iPad 2 to my wireless network, and it finds a network but will not connect... uh, Anyone have suggestions, please? Uh, Well, first of all, uh, make sure that you've uh, rebooted the router. Make sure you've updated the router. Make sure the router isn't, you know, basically you allow the devices to connect to it that you haven't capped the number of IP addresses. Um, That's a big problem, Uh, actually, like Hotel Wireless and some companies where they don't, uh, they do really interesting things with the licensing on IP addresses. They basically fill all the available IP addresses then don't let anything else sign up because the licenses run on for days and days. So reboot your router, try connecting it then. You know, make sure that you've got uh, you're selecting the right security on the that you've chosen in the router on the iPad 2 and it should work. And if that fails, uh, try reinstalling the OS. That's always a tough one. Wow. Another question Is there a new MacBook Air set for release? That's pretty funny. Uh, Fushigi, Patrick, do you own Grados? Yes, I own uh, two pairs of Grados. I have killed two other pairs of Grados. One. Uh, both actually through no fault of their own. They don't survive well if you throw them in the bottom of a bag filled with 30 pounds of books, and my wife owns a set of Grado's. Um, NGT Flyer 555s are open-air headphones, so people around you can hear what you're listening to. This is true. I did point that out. Um, Stewie says, HD380 Pros are great closed-back cans, (laughs) and we are about to run out of time. Uh is there good touch screen monitors? Yeah, actually. Um they're expensive. Uh and they don't uh I'm not a big fan of uh of touch screen monitors for Windows seven. I find it uh I, I'm looking forward to see what they do in Windows eight to make it more touch screen compatible. Um Android Bruce, high end sound cards, are they worth it or best to get an amplifier or both? <laughs> Funny, this is actually something we talk about on Texilla the on uh That shows up next uh, Monday or Tuesday. I was going to tell you to watch that one. Uh, The answer is, in some cases, high-end sound cards are worth it. For home theater, usually not. And if you want some recommendations, definitely check out Techzilla. Patrick, episode title, 200 snakes on a Twitch. Two humped snakes on a Twitch. I have no idea where that's going or where it came from. And gaming laptop, Alienware or Asus Rogue. Um, here are some good things about the Asus gaming laptops, Web 7700. Uh, I also will have to say the only uh, uh, gaming laptop I've ever touched and desperately wanted to own was the Alienware M11X. I think it's the M11X. Yeah, the M11X. Um, but guys, I got to wrap it. We're going to be back with your normal cast next week. Ryan Stratt will be back from his trip far around to the other side of the world, hopefully with unbelievably cool pictures. I will say, on behalf of Leo, buy a brick. Do you want to be a part of the Twit Studio forever? Do you want to see your name laser engraved on something that will, well, actually, I guess you can beat a brick to death with a sledgehammer, but barring that, they tend to last forever. If you want to be a part of the new Twit Studio, you should buy a brick. Bricks.twit.tv is the URL to find one. It's 128 for a little brick. Five hundred twelve for a big brick. You could join together. I bet a bunch of you can probably get your names on a big brick, uh, and you can be a part of the Twit Studio forever. Bricks. Twit. TV. If you haven't checked it out, check it out and try to try to help Leo because so I hear he's he's. Well, actually, I've seen the studio. It's freaking amazing, dude. Buy a brick. Help the man pay for it so we can keep Twit on the air. That's it, folks. This is Twitch This Week in Computer Hardware. I'm Patrick Norton, uh, joined normally by Ryan Strout from PCPer.com. He will be back here next week. Uh, if you want to check out some more of me, you can catch me at TechZilla, dot com. We've got some good, good stuff coming up, including the uh, ThinkPad X1 review. And uh, if you're looking for high-end sound cards, i got a couple recommendations for you. You can check on uh, Tuesday's release. It has been awesome. I want to thank everybody in the chat room. You guys were amazing. Thanks for hanging out with me. And uh, everybody, good night. We will see you next week on Twitch.